1: With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: What's up, everybody? This is Trey Biddy with hogsports.com, H-A-W-G sports.com. Got a lot to talk about on the show today. Obviously, we're going to take a strong look back at this Missouri State game, and we're going to touch on Texas A&M upcoming uh, in AT&T Stadium this weekend, this uh, Saturday in AT&T Stadium. So we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to get to Danny West. We're going to get to Andrew Ellis, and we're going to cover all of it on today's episode of Hog Sports Live we <smart noise> And before we get started, I want to remind you there's plenty of ways to watch and listen. You can always tune in on Facebook Live. Be sure to follow the page if you haven't done so already. Also available on YouTube. Throw us a like or a thumbs up on both those platforms. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and hit the notifications bell so you're alerted anytime we upload new videos. Thank you so much for all the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. Continue to do so if you haven't done so already, but leave us that five-star review. Also available on Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere else you can think up to find your favorite podcast. And hogsports.com is just $1 or off for an entire year. $1 for your first month or 30% off for an entire year at hawgsports.com. All right. First of all, some housekeeping items. Arkansas and Alabama will kick off at 2.20 p.m. and the game will be televised on CBS. That's 12 days from now. So, obviously, this weekend's game is at 6 o'clock in Arlington and next weekend in Fayetteville for a rowdy home environment at 2.20 p.m. on CBS. So, Good time slot. I know a lot of people wanted a night game, but it's hard to beat 220 CBS. It's a good spot. Arkansas moved up a little bit in the USA Today coaches poll, moved to 10th and are also 10th in uh, the AP, which is where they were last week. The ESPN Power Index – no, it's not the Football Power Index. It's actually their poll ranking. The Power Index uses like a mathematical formula, um, but they are ninth in in, uh, in ESPN's deal. So once again, six o'clock, ESPN, AT&T Stadium. Texas A&M is two and a half point favorites. Should be an interesting weekend in college football. It's been kind of a weird weekend, uh, a weird season so far in college football. Twenty-four-seven uh, Sports also came out with their projected bowl matchups. They've got Arkansas in the Citrus Bowl versus Wisconsin. That's changed a lot week to week. A lot of interesting stuff. You know, it's really good to have good internet. I've uh, I've struggled so much with internet over the years. I've had three different carriers. One of them, like, had shoddy equipment. My, like, ESPN app wouldn't even work. Another one uh, kept jacking the price up. And then when I'd try to cancel either one of them, they'd just, like, come back and try to save me. I was like, well, that's the price. Why 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 have you been jacking my price up all, all this time over the years? Um, so when I moved last year, and this is all streaming through the same place, Ozarks Co. when I moved last year, I was like, I'm going to try a new internet service. So I tried Ozarks go and aside from like the day that they came in and put a little incision in my yard and ran the wire, I've not thought about those guys since because it works. It works every single time. Um, I mean, it just sits up there. I've never had to like unplug it and plug it back in. All this streaming stuff works great. All my devices work great. And you guys know I use internet a lot. I actually use the, the gigabit, the thousand up and down, um, and uh, they also, also uh, offer 100 But uh, you guys know that I would not endorse a product, no matter how much money they paid me, if I didn't believe in it and I didn't test it out. And I've used these guys for over a year. I think they run a fantastic service. I think you should go to OzarksGo.com and check them out. You can check and see if they're available in your area. If you get Ozarks Electric, if that's an option for you, uh, then you're probably in their coverage area. Uh, Think kind of north of the tunnel in northwest Arkansas and eastern Oklahoma, you know, those areas. So if you're disappointed in your Internet service or maybe you're looking for something a lot better, I can promise you that Ozarks Go is that. I put my stamp of approval on Ozarks Go. So go to OzarksGo.net. Uh, You'll see the three bars at the top if you're on mobile and you can see, you know, check for availability there. Or if you're on desktop, there's just like a little, uh, an icon that you can click on and check and see if it's uh, available in your area. And I'll put the link in the description on everything for Ozarks Go so you guys can check them out. And uh, uh, I'll even include the phone number. But the best way to get at them is to go to the website and check and see if they're available there. So couldn't be happier with their service. Never had an outage. Never had a single issue. I can't speak to other people, but from my own experience, I don't even think about these guys, and that's what you want to do with the internet. So go check out Ozarks Go. I don't know if I like that. Uh, Citrus Ball, I, th- I still think Arkansas should have their high- sites set a little bit higher. Obviously, this is a huge stretch of games coming up. Um, you know, just looking back one more time at Arkansas and Missouri State, You know, a lot of people have asked about Dominic Johnson, why he didn't play, and I think one reason is you just don't want to knock the dust off his knee in a game like that. I think he will play in this one. It's against his home state. I mean, I think he's going to play in this one. I think we'll see Miles Slusher back in this one, Sam Pittman said. Let's actually go to Sam Pittman. I asked him a couple of questions early on in the press conference. Let's go to Sam Pittman before I dive into this, and we'll see what he has to say. Yeah, Coach, I was curious, after watching film of the last game, if there's anything that maybe was different than what you thought from from watching live that uh, maybe you took
3: away. Well, I thought um, our defensive line, I thought they played well. Um, uh, I can put it in a nutshell for you. We didn't tackle well as a team. Um, we're, we're having a hard time covering opponents. We've had that the entire year. Um on offense, uh, you can't turn the ball over three and get nine on defense. So three to nothing, that that took that 99% computer winning to 11. And that's about what it felt like out there. Uh, but uh, on offense, we had a, a lot of really good performer. I thought our line played well. And uh, we've got to throw it a little bit better. We've got to catch it a little bit better. But we can't turn the ball over. And that's what we did. And you know, uh, in a nutshell, that's, that's special teams helped us. Um, we still have a couple penalties in there that hopefully we can get fixed. You know, we'll try our best today to get that fixed, but that's really what I saw. We didn't tackle well. We didn't cover well. And on offense, <clears throat> we turned the football over, and, and that's, that's kind of what happened. Luckily, we got out with a win. Is
2: there some stuff with tackling, like from a fundamental deal that you go back and review this week, and and what about coverage? Is there, what do you what do you do about that this well, week? Well,
3: um, tackling we started last week in open field tackling, and we brought down the scout team, wideouts and running backs, and just trying to get them on the ground. You know, um, we missed a lot of tackles at linebacker as well, so we have to add that group in there. Uh, last week was just a secondary. And uh, so I think we just continue to do that. Um, and uh, your other question was what, Trey? Just in the, in the secondary
2: coverage issues. Is there yeah. something that you can do to, to fix
3: that? Well, I think the first thing is you have to make sure you have the right people in the right spots. You know, I'm talking about pre-snap, not, not where they're aligned. I'm saying do we have our best players on the field? Uh, I think you have to. Figure that out first, and we're, we're we've been adjusting. Part of it was because of the couple of injuries, but part of it is we, you know, we had some new guys back there as well. So uh, I don't. We're going to experiment a little bit this week and see if we can't get the right people in the right spots. I think Slusher he's going to practice today, so he'll 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 be back, and that should help us uh, as well. Um, but you know, I think. Malik Chavis is a guy we need on the field and when he's not playing corner we need him at safety and I'm not for sure if we don't need him at safety and, and just put Hud at corner. I think those are questions that we have that we need to make. We, we got to get our best five guys out there on the field at all times. Obviously we know they get hurt but those are things that we've, we've talked about as a staff. We've got to figure that out a little bit better.
2: All right, I wanted to use that because I think he said some really important stuff there. Uh, tackling was obviously a huge issue in the game. All right, before I get into anything else, tackling was a huge issue. Um, there's a lot of fundamental problems with the way Arkansas tackled on Saturday. Um, you know, you really, from an attack angle, you you need to press the hip. You know, you've got to break down. And I saw a lot of diving, a lot of lunging, a lot of, you know, players going to their feet or losing their feet, you know, um, you got to you got to stay balanced to tackle, and Arkansas was reaching a lot, and it wasn't just the secondary. Linebackers had issues too. Now there was sometimes they tackled really well, especially when they were in the in the backfield, but in the open field, there were a lot of problems that they've got to work on. Um, secondary could be personnel. There could be some personnel issues in the secondary that they need to fix. I'm not one to call players out, but I will say, I'm good right now. And there's, the good thing is there's a lot of guys that have cross-trained different positions, you know. Uh, I'm good with Dwight McClothern. I'm good with Hudson Clark. I'm good with Kari Johnson, who graded out higher than anybody. Uh, I'm good with Miles Slusher, obviously, when he comes back. He's, he's supposed to be practicing today. Today's Monday. He's supposed to be practicing today, so he's going to be back out there. Uh, I'm good with Malik Chavis. I am not 100% sold on anybody else right now. Okay, you may say you didn't mention Breenie, you didn't mention Jaden Johnson, you didn't mention Simon and Blair. Doesn't mean I'm out on them. It just means I'm not sold on what I saw Saturday, okay, and, and maybe a little bit longer than that for a cup you know. That's all I'm going to say, okay. I'm not one to throw players under the bus, but those are the guys that I've cleared right now to, to help Arkansas in the secondary. I want to see them mixing things up. I think it's – I think Malik Chavis playing safety, you know. um, I said maybe Hudson Clark playing nickel, but I, I think that he needs to play cornerback. And I know he gets a lot of flack on here, but I've been saying for a long time he's not the worst guy in Arkansas secondary. He just isn't. But everybody likes to point out his flaws while ignoring everybody else's. He's not Arkansas's big problem in the secondary. Okay, I'm tired of hearing it, and I speak up for him just because people are so critical of him. Everybody's like, why are you defending him so much? Just because everybody's so critical, unwarranted. It's, it's really unwarranted when you consider everything else going on in secondary, that they just single him out, like he's the only guy that's a problem. It's not true. Arkansas has got to tackle better. they got to cover a lot better. And a lot of what Arkansas's problems were were not just so much bad coverage but also poor tackling. They've got to get that fixed or Texas A&M put up 500-something yards on them. Was Arkansas out coached? Not entirely. Now I think there were some things that were some problems. I think the player, you know, they give the players a lot of credit for coming together and winning the game, but they also were a big reason that Arkansas, you know, was in the situation that they were in. I mean, think about what happened early in that game. Uh, you know, you, you start out three and out, drop a pass. It was low, could have been caught, but it was low. Uh, but you go three and out. Second play of the next possession, you fumble and lose possession of the ball. I mean, it's a long stretch. You only had five plays. And then, um, you know, you have the 64-yard bomb to Keetron Jackson. He goes down at the one, which there's another issue I want to bring up too, extending the ball out, okay? Any way you want to do it, stop extending the ball out. KJ did it in the previous game, and, um, and Keetron Jackson did in this one. Now, it may work out for you every once in a while, but unless it's do-or-die situation and you have to have it no matter what, you need to keep the ball tucked in because you're going to pay for it eventually you're going to pay for it with a bad review and a bad angle that doesn't get it right or you're just going to fumble it and lose it Uh, it's too dangerous down there with the idea of fumbling out of the back of the end zone and losing possession entirely it's too dangerous to do that you know you're about to have first and goal at the one yard line there's no reason to extend the ball out so they got to stop doing that also rocket sanders's fumble that's just unfortunate There's nothing that he was doing in terms of securing the ball that should have led to a fumble in most instances unless the defender just goes low and his helmet just – there's no stopping – you can't stop that. You can't stop a helmet popping the ball out from that angle like that. So that's not on Rocket Sanders. It's unfortunate that it happened, but fumbles happen in football. And if they happen like that, then you just kind of have to accept it. But that's why Arkansas fell behind so badly because of all those turnovers. And some poor tackling and such. I mean, if you look at it like after Arkansas woke up in the game and suddenly it's, you know obviously you can't discount the first twenty minutes, but the next forty minutes, especially the fourth quarter, Arkansas outscored them thirty eight to ten. You know, so don't overlook that. So yeah, did I leave the game thinking, man, they got out coached, out schemed? Sure. I thought that. I'm not a hundred percent when I woke up the next day after staying up all night and watching the game and everything and everything I did yesterday, I'm not 100% sure that I would say that because a big part of coaching is getting the players to fight and believe in you. And we know in the past an Arkansas team that falls behind under maybe a previous coach, I mean, it could have ended up really ugly. Right. So they did battle back, and a big reason is that is because they believe in, uh, in Sam Pittman. There's some things they got to fix on defense, though. You can't be happy about what happened on defense. Um, at the same time, eight freaking sacks is incredible. It's It's insane to think about it, but Arkansas is leading the country in sacks. By three, everybody else, all 131 teams, Arkansas has a three-sack advantage over the next closest team, which probably means they could get no sacks in the next game and still lead the country. I don't want to jinx that um, but they're last in the country in yardage surrendered in the passing game last in yardage surrendered, but you know they're getting pressure on the quarterback that just it's kind of weird how that works out um I don't know just given the situation in the secondary that I would really go back to using three you know a three two six. I don't know that they have enough good bodies back there getting miles slusher back will be key uh, that'll make them look a lot better and I think they'll get a lot of the stuff fixed tackling wise and things of that nature so.
0: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Now, obviously, I don't think there's anybody that agrees that 4th and 9 was a very good call. I mean, I don't know what they were thinking on that. but And I've seen the draw play work several times. Like, people – You know, used to always complain about Houston not running the draw. I've seen it work so many times. I've seen them score long touchdown runs on that draw on third and ten. But, um, man, when it doesn't work, and this wasn't a draw or anything, but when it doesn't work, when a running play doesn't work, it's only slightly worse looking than throwing, like, short of the line to gain, which we see a lot, too. You know, I think coming out of the half, we all thought after Arkansas scored and made it 17-14, I think we all thought Arkansas was going to come out and just, you know, blow them out. You know, and and they were actually outscored seven to three. That made things a little uneasy. I mean, it, we're talking about 12:04 left, and it's a ten point lead. <laughs> it's a ten point lead. Then you had that 73 yard touchdown on the shovel pass to Rocket Sanders, who played a great game. Even with the fumble, he still played a great game. I think anybody would have given up that fumble. Emmett Smith would have given up that fumble. Um, it was a it was a pretty great comeback. But after that after that, um, you know, you started having the, like a sack party, Landon Jackson and Jordan Dominic converge and then Drew Sanders made a sack and then, you know, next thing you got is third and twenty two. So, uh, time to punt. And then Grant Burkett, their punter, had a 57. I remember when he kicked the ball, I was like, man, that's that dude just boomed that ball. It wasn't low or anything. It was good hang time. Um, Bryce Stevens returned it, obviously, uh, 82-yard intercept, or excuse me, 82-yard touchdown return, and then suddenly it's 31-27 with 9-16 to play. You know, the Cowboy go-get-it play, because a lot of people brought up, that up, and that Uh, That was a problem with, you know, they're in cover zero. They've got one safety back, and the safety is looking in the backfield, and the dude just runs right past him. And I said – I actually tweeted this during the game. I said, um, that's vintage Bobby Petrino, you know, sneaks the wide receiver out there, and and nobody expects it. And everybody was like, I expected it. I expected it. What were you watching, Trey? I expected it. That's not what I was talking about. I expect I called it from the press box. I actually called it on third down. I was like, they're going to run this play, you know. Um, But anybody who's followed Arkansas when Bobby Petrino was at Arkansas knows that play's coming. I wrote a whole article about that play, you know, when they used it in different, you know, similar versions of that play. And this wasn't the same play that they used. The first time we saw it, it was Cowboy Go Get It. It was 2008, Louisiana Monroe. It's fourth and one at the 32-yard line. Arkansas is down 27-21 with 2.03 to go. They have to have this play. That's what makes it so amazing that they had to have it. Uh, Now, that play was actually an eye formation. Casey Dick fakes the handoff to the back. The back does this little spin around thing. And then Casey Dick, you know, holds it behind his back like that and then launches to uh, Chris Gragg. Now, Chris Gragg goes around on that play. On this one, it was designed a little bit different. Obviously, they're in shotgun, um, you know, fake the handoff. The wide receiver, Tyron Scott, actually goes inside of the tight end and slips out and runs right past Blair and gets open. It's not the same play. It's just the same philosophy, okay? So, it's not the exact same thing. Penalties, man, I thought this game was really well-officiated. Like – it's amazing that a game like this gets really well officiated but you play Auburn and you can't get anything, you know. But this game was really well officiated. I looked back at every single penalty on both sides of the ball. I thought they were uh, all accurately ap- applied. I thought the uh, pat- the only like bad call is that pass interference call. You know, he's obviously um McLeather's going for the ball, okay? Yeah, does he hit the receiver early, but yeah, that doesn't matter because he's going for the ball he's not worried about the wide receiver. The wide receiver is just as guilty in that case of pass interference as McLaughlin would be, okay? So, but neither of them are guilty. So right call picking up that flag. The only thing I, I had a problem with was maybe a couple of interpretations. Um, Luke Jones was called for a false start. I thought that everybody moved except for Stromberg was a little late. I actually thought Stromberg would have been the guy that um, maybe was a little bit late, but they were real quick on that false start. Like if it was just like a little bit off, then they were calling false start. They did it. One time I didn't agree with uh, with 135 to go in the game. I thought it was a little ticky-tacky to call on Missouri State um, when they called false start because it was just – I mean, it was so close I wouldn't have called it. Um, but everything else I thought was really well-officiated. I didn't think that there was anything glaring that they missed from a penalty standpoint. I thought it was accurate, uh, accurately applied on the offensive pass interference against Missouri State. Um, so – Good job on the officials. I want to make sure I say that because we are critical when they when they mess up, but I thought that they uh, called a really clean game and should be commended for, for doing a good job. What else? You know, I, this was a weird play. Like So with 12-14 to play in the first half, it looked like Jackson Woodard was about to make a tackle on a punt return. And if you guys remember, this was a 17-yard return running around on the left side. Um, I don't know if Trent Gordon's momentum was taking him or what, but he looked like he just shoved Woodard in the back when Woodard was about to make the tackle. I don't know what was going on there. Uh, Warren Thompson had one play where he turned his head when he was, you know, catching the ball. Uh, they gave up a first down. It was, it was, um, there was 3.18 to go. Um, at that point, um, when what quarter was that in? I think it was maybe the third. But anyway, they lost a the first down because of this. And that's something that Warren Thompson did last year. That's not Warren Thompson 2022. So we don't want to see him revert to those old problems that he had last year of just, you know, looking away, thinking away. Now, Jayden Hazelwood did it once too, um, 209 to play in the third. He, he did a look away, uh, but he was about to get – Absolutely annihilated. So I can't 100% blame him, and I don't think he was going to pick up the first down anyway. Speaking of wide receivers, Matt Landers, guys, is coming. I mean, I made a tweet, or not a tweet, I actually posted on a Razor's Edge message board just about uh, how impressive I, I've been with him. And by the way, Danny and uh, Andrew, if you're listening, we're running a little bit late on you. So we'll get to you in a minute. Um, but I thought that um, – heck, I lost my train of thought. Oh, Matt Landers. Um, I mean, he's had one bad play. He dropped that pass but uh, against South Carolina. But I thought he was really – I mean, he moves like a much smaller guy. Um, reminded me a little bit of, uh, of Houdini there for a minute when he when he caught that pass and eluded and two tacklers. So, uh, Matt Landers is really coming on. would like to see him maybe get some more targets. Is this closure? Is this closure with Bobby Petrino? I mean, it almost feels like you know you. He had the motorcycle accident. The next eight years are really rough. Maybe one or two years are okay, um, but pretty rough stretch for Arkansas. You know, historically, the eight, the worst eight year stretch in Arkansas history. Worst nine year. I mean, Pittman's first year, uh, they only won three games. But obviously, they're they're. Pulling themselves back up, you know, you could feel the momentum uh, starting again there. Uh, but this was just kind of interesting. It's like Petrino comes in town. And it's like remember me, puts on a little bit of a show, scares you a little bit, and you know, it's kind of nice to see the way Pittman and Petrino kind of embraced at the end. I thought Patrino, uh, excuse me, Pittman showed him a lot of respect. Didn't ever talk about anything else. A lot of coaches with bigger egos wouldn't talk about a previous coach who had a lot of. Um, a lot of success and uh, Pittman Pittman did that you know you don't see a lot of other coaches do that so um, really like the way that Sam Pittman handled that and almost kind of felt like you know everything kind of came full circle unless this sucker is back in Fayetteville in 2025 when Missouri State's on the schedule again um, that might be the last time we see Bobby Petrino so I know a lot of people are obviously talking about him and, and potential other jobs and and I hope that works out for him. You know, I don't have any um, ill will after all these years against Bobby Petrino. I think that um, he is obviously responsible for his own actions. A lot of people point to Jeff Long stuff, and we can talk about all my problems with that. But, you know, some of the things that went on when Jeff Long was here. But um, ultimately, Bobby Petrino was the root uh, cause of, of him being dismissed. And I don't know how anybody can – really disagree with, I mean, talk to a lawyer, I guess, and, and see what they say and then see if they change your mind. So several of my thoughts. All right, let's get to Andrew Ellis now. For those of you who don't follow Andrew Ellis, you can follow him at Andrew Ellis 247 on Twitter. does a fantastic job, really covers the whole... Scope of Razorback Athletics for football, basketball, and baseball. Does a great job with his baseball. He's our primary baseball guy, so if you like baseball, you definitely want to give him a follow. Hey, Andrew, how you doing, brother? I'm doing good. Sorry, how are you? Doing really good. Um, hey, before we get started on this, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your, um, your thoughts on uh, Arkansas's matchup with, with Missouri State. What did you think about, uh, about the game?
1: You know, in the moment, it seemed a lot worse than it probably actually was. And I think you probably would agree with that and probably a lot of other people, too, too. that, you know, in the moment, you're like, oh, they're losing to an FCS team. Like, this is a disaster. It kind of you had that feeling that you felt before with Arkansas football where they're just doing something you can't believe. But, you know, when I the further I get from it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it really I don't view this Arkansas team too differently than I did a week ago which is probably not something I would have said if you had told me pregame that they were going to win by 11 and have to you know, dominate the fourth quarter to do so. But and look, it wasn't a great performance from Arkansas. There's no doubt about that. But it wasn't like anything weird or out of the ordinary happened mm-hmm. other than Arkansas like fumbling and you know interception, bouncing off of Trey Knox's hands. And there were some weird things that happened, but I don't know if there was a ton outside of what we already knew, like the secondary struggling. There wasn't a ton that I saw in the game that like, gave me concern moving forward. I think Arkansas is still very good offensively. They still do really well on both sides of the ball. at the line of scrimmage. I mean, defensive line, eight sacks. I mean, the, the, you know, the, the issues that we felt were issues coming into the game are still the issues that we saw Saturday. And, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to give up 350 passing yards to an FCS team and, you know, have to do what Arkansas had to do to win the game. But I don't know if I necessarily – have my opinion of Arkansas football changed drastically after the game.
2: You know, I think that if you, and I'm not saying like these players would play at Auburn or Ole Miss or something, but if that same team trotted out there on Saturday, that same roster and they had Ole Miss or Auburn on their, um, on their helmets uh, I think Arkansas would have slaughtered them. I think I'm not buying the uh, attitude that they weren't mentally, they were mentally prepared for the game. I think that they, Came out thinking, you know, um, we just have, kind of have to show up and win. I think if it was a an opponent that warranted more respect throughout the week, and they trotted those players out, it would have been like a fifty-two to ten.
1: That's you know, I, I think I think I, I think I agree with you. I mean, and, and again, like it's not like anything. You know, like the the two fumbles early in the game, like those are things that you don't want to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you don't want them to happen against anyone. But it's not like that's something that moving forward, I'm like, man, I'm worried about Rocket Sanders fumbling on the w- one-yard line. Or, you know, K.J. Jefferson takes such great care of the football. He had two turnovers in this game. One of which wasn't his fault. But it's like those aren't things necessarily that were issues – that are issues that I'm going to be looking for moving forward. I think those are things that just kind of happened. And it was a bad performance and it was a weird first half. And obviously, the, you know, the secondary has their issues. And that's still going to be a story moving forward, and I don't think that's – you know, an issue that's going to be resolved anytime soon, probably. But I, like I said, like, it just, it, I feel like this Arkansas team kind of is who they are in good and bad ways. I didn't see anything Saturday that like changed my opinion in one area, one way or the other, I guess.
2: You know, this game didn't play out anything like anybody really expected, especially Arkansas fans. I love going back over the poll questions that you post each week. Only 2.7% of voters correctly, uh, thought that um, that K.J. Jefferson would go over 400 yards of offense, because I think most of them thought that he would be out of the game by then.
1: Well, yeah, and I thought the, the most interesting poll question, at least going into the game, was the Malik Hornsby one, where yeah. it was how much Malik Hornsby going to do the yardage. I think there was one single person who, who voted and said he would have zero yards, and mm-hmm. credit to that person. I don't I don't know, you know if, if he saw it going down exactly like this, but yeah, I think that was kind of a thing, and Honestly, even if even with the way the game played out, I'm a little surprised we didn't see more Malik Hornsby. But again, that's not like something I'm super yeah. concerned about moving forward. But yeah, it was it was definitely fun to watch the poll questions and see just kind of how wrong all of us were on this
2: one. Yeah, um, most people 43.8 percent said 50 to 99 yards for Malik Hornsby. I still think that he needs a big role in the offense. I think that he can help them ice games if you if you put him in, and just the threat of him getting to the edge uh, and things like that. Uh, uh, the Rocket Sanders one also was good because 54% said Rocket Sanders would have the first score of the game. But as you said, they probably didn't think it would come with uh, 8.25 remaining in the second quarter, down 17 0.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think I would have expected Rocket Sanders to have 22 rush attempts in this one. Or, you know, and I guess the one thing that, you know, we talked about leading up to the game was we didn't want to see them run KJ Jefferson too much. And that was the one thing that. Actually, ended up happening for whatever reason. I guess really they just didn't feel like they needed to use them in the run game too much. But yeah, it was just it was a it was just a bizarre game to mm. see play out. But you know, it is what it is, and th- these things happen sometimes. But and that's why they play the
2: games. I'll tell you another good one. This is the last one we'll get to. But if you want to look at the poll results and and maybe have a good laugh on some of these, then. Uh, uh, but which freshman are you most excited to see play Saturday? Sixty nine point five percent. Said Isaiah Satania, and the next vote getter was Quincy Cadu, I think maybe helped on special teams. Sam Baca played on special teams. Tyrus Washington was the next, and Nico. I mean, it's like everybody that nobody really played significantly at all, just because of the way the game played out. Have you looked at? Uh, have you looked at Texas A and M? Any? I've looked. I've watched some of the um, Miami game uh, a little bit so far. I watched their Appalachian State performance, which obviously was way worse than what Arkansas ended up doing against Missouri State. But have you you watched these guys very much? And if so, what are your initial impressions of of A&M, aside from, you know, being kind of (laughs) weird?
1: Yeah, I've I've watched them weirdly more than any other team, you know, at this point in the week. Normally on Monday afternoon, I haven't really looked too much into the opponent too much. But I've been watching A&M's games just kind of casually as a college football fan, seeing their games. And obviously knowing that Arkansas had them on the schedule at some point, You know this is going to be interesting for Arkansas because A and M is not an offense that I would say pushes the envelope uh, with their pass game, and so if you're a secondary that's giving up all these big plays and really struggling, having all these busts, this should be your your great medicine. And obviously, Texas A and M is not an opponent. You know that's you know they still have plenty of strengths on their team on both sides of the ball, and they have good weapons on the offensive side of the ball. But you know a quarterback in Max Johnson that Sam Pittman pretty much described him accurately as a game manager. You know this isn't a this is a matchup where if you're Arkansas you have to be looking forward to this one because this is maybe your chance to kind of get back on track and you know we saw Arkansas's defensive line kind of overwhelm a M-M And last year in this matchup and we didn't really see Arkansas do that to anyone else throughout the year so it's gonna be interesting to see if Arkansas replicates that and takes it up a notch and since apparently now the Arkansas defense has this immaculate pass rush that nobody saw coming it'll be interesting to see how much they come after Max Johnson or if they kind of try to play it safe and try to avoid big plays and just, you know, force him to dink and dunk and stuff like that. But I do expect Arkansas, especially offensively, I think Arkansas is going to have some success. I mean, a and probably the best defense they've faced to this point, but we saw them against Appalachian State really struggle to slow down the run game and get off the field, and it seemed like App State just had the ball the entire game. And mm-hmm. obviously that's kind of what Arkansas wants to do offensively. And so we'll see if they're able to do that against A&M and kind of control the game there.
2: Yeah. You know, if I'm Texas A&M, I'm first, I'm, you know, putting together a pretty quick passing game. I'm running screens and draws and stuff to try to offset the, uh, the, um, the pass rush. And I'm saying, Hey, tackle me, tackle me, Arkansas. That's what, that's what I would do if I were A&M.
1: Well, it seems like, uh, you know, asking Arkansas to tackle you works out pretty well, especially the last couple of weeks, but, uh, Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see, you know, Tim Pittman talked about some shuffling in the secondary, kind of see what the changes look like there. And and yeah, like you said, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if Arkansas from the get go tries to get after the quarterback and if A&M has some success in that kind of department. But really, with all three of these games, Arkansas has given up their yards in all three games. But really, when when the fourth quarter came down to it, it just seemed like Arkansas's defensive line made plays when they needed to make plays and that's what we saw in last year's game we've seen it in every single game this week to this point so we'll see if Arkansas can come through with a big plays defensively and I think that's what it's going to come down to is you know who makes those huge plays who has who wins the turnover battle and all those things that we we talk about every week I think those are going to be huge and I'm interested to see if Arkansas's offensive line is going to be able to control the game which is kind of something we've seen them do a lot in the last couple years and that's something that they've been advertised to do and We watched a team like Appalachian State do it to Texas A&M. So, in theory, Arkansas should be able to kind of run the ball and control the game and make plays when they need to, and we'll see if they can pull it off.
2: I love that Pittman's, you know, open about what he really sees and believes. Because so many times you see coaches double down on, you know, things that aren't working just because they're smarter than you because they're a coach. But these were – I mean, obviously tackling is an issue. Secondary, probably from a personnel standpoint, is an issue. And I just I appreciate that he right off the bat, you know, I asked him I think the first two questions today, and he answered those, you know, honestly like you like you would want him to answer. So, um, all right, Andrew, anything else to uh, to add before we cut you loose here? Uh,
1: no, I think I think I'm all good. Uh, did
2: everybody did everybody um, on our predictions? Did everybody pick um, Missouri State to cover Arkansas? or Was that just me? <laughs> I want to talk about
1: that. I'm glad you brought that up because I saw there was some there was some finagling going on with the the spread. The you know the spread this, with these games was against FCS opponents. Mm-hmm. The spreads moved so much, and you really can't find a true spread until the day of the game. I think if if we had waited until Saturday to set the spread on the story, I think you would have had Arkansas covering as well because I think your score was like 27 or 28 points or something mm-hmm. like that. So. But, you know, we'll, we'll
2: let it you may tell you why you're wrong on that. First of all, the the spread was clearly posted for everybody to see, and secondly, I was no matter what because we talked about this at practice the other day because Arkansas is so strong against the spread under Pittman and the universe has to balance it out some kind of way. I was now I was kind of predicting maybe a backdoor cover. Uh, versus uh, the way it happened, certainly wasn't backdoor. But uh, no matter what happened, no matter what the line was in this one, I was going to pick uh, Missouri State to cover it. So you're wrong. Sorry. <laughs> well, hey, we'll, we'll
1: let you have it. You know, you're you're the, you're the boss. You're, I feel good about guy. it.
2: We'll,
1: we'll, we'll let you have this one. <laughs>
2: All right. All right. Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate you having having you Appreciate on. You. All right. Later, buddy. All right, everybody, that's Andrew Ellis. Again, follow Andrew at Andrew247 on Twitter. Uh, just does a fantastic job for us. Certainly happy to have him with us. We're going to switch over to Danny West now. Danny West going to bring a little bit of recruiting insight. Dadgummit, where you at, Danny? Subtree, How you doing, Danny? Danny, uh, so – for those of you who don't follow Danny, you can do so at Danny West two four seven on Twitter. He is the Hog Sports Recruiting Analyst, but is so much more. Obviously, provides a lot of insight for Razorback football and such. But um, just first of all, I want to get your thoughts on on the game Saturday and and maybe if that's going to ch- if some of the things that we saw are going to change in just a short week here coming up with Texas A and M.
4: Well, you know, I thought. Uh, uh, when your offense starts the game I think it was punt fumble fumble punt if I'm not mistaken so mm. when you do that against Bobby Petrino I think you're just kind of asking for it at that point and, you know I'm uh, I was surprised that Arkansas didn't come out better prepared than than that but I probably shouldn't be you know we talk a lot about trap games on yeah. the show and um, usually during the summer we try to circle some of those that's you know that's what this was in my opinion I, it's probably tough to get up you know, for Cincinnati, uh, first of all, you got to get up for them, ranked opponent, college football playoff. Then you jump into conference, and then you know, two weeks later, you've got A and M kind of circled. I could see how it's probably easy to, you know, maybe not uh, have super focus yeah. during throughout the week and throughout the game. But yeah, missed tackles, man. That's I, I think that's probably their biggest issue at the at the current uh, point after three weeks. Uh, you know, they're getting beat a lot in the secondary, but a lot of times it's just missed tackles that go forever. You mm-hmm. know, one guy misses and, and they're off and running. But yeah. we know Catalon and, and Slush obviously have a lot to do with that. Yeah, but that's, that's a Slush problem, Danny.
2: I mean, like, it's not just yeah, – it's, it's not like – missing the tackle is one thing. But you had to put yourself in a situation to where if you do miss the tackle, you're at least going to slow the dude up or yeah. make him make a move or something like that. But Arkansas is diving and whiffing, and you, you just cannot do that from a fundamental standpoint. And that's leaving nobody else there to help in a lot of cases, and that's why so many people are breaking off these big runs
4: yeah yeah it's it's open field tackling is is probably their biggest when bumper's missing open field tackles yeah. it's not going good you yeah. know what i mean because i mean i quick stat for you not to jump on bumper he's made 378 career tackles here now that put him past dijon harris and sam olajibutu haven't said that one in a while yeah, on the olajibutu. all-time tackles list but uh, yeah, so he's he's closing in on Boo. I think he just needed history.
2: I think he just needed sixty, right, this season to
4: Yeah, he only he needs thirty more. So 30 this more. weekend, Trey, he's got a chance to pass Ken Hamlin <laughs> and yeah. Jerry Franklin. So wow. he needs five tackles to move up to number two on the list. And then um, you know, he's thirty. Thirty one away, I believe, overall from owning that record. Now he's he's benefited from the extra COVID mm-hmm. year, but still. That's a lot of tackles that he's made for the University say, of Arkansas. I'm
2: going to say this, and this is nothing against Tony Bua or any of those guys that played during those years, but the tackle numbers in those yeah. years was dramatically overblown. You had guys you're, with. You're doing it in a box. Way too. Well, they were also just like, there's like tackles are normal, normal, and then there's like this three year stretch where like you have you know, like four guys making 100 tackles and one guy making 140 or 150, you know, like they were just – whoever was keeping tackle numbers was giving people tackles for touching (laughs) people basically. (laughs) I mean, it was – I've always felt that going back. Tony Boo was a great tackler. Ken Hamlin was a great tackler, but – uh, I do feel like they were maybe a little A lot bit of assisted gone. tackles
4: yeah. that were yep. unassisted.
2: <laughs> Let's talk about recruiting real quick, Danny. Um, had sure. some visitors in town. What did, what did they think of the, the atmosphere? I, I will say this also. Yeah. For an FCS opponent or even a group of five opponent, and including Cincinnati, that was the most electric crowd I think I've ever seen for an opponent on that
4: level can't argue with you on that i heard you say that i think in the walk and talk maybe but i was trying to think of one myself and, and certainly couldn't so you're probably right about that but yeah this weekend it was a good environment uh Jaylen braxton was probably the biggest headliner of mm-hmm. course he's your four-star corner committed guy out of frisco lone star down in texas been committed since july 9th i want to say but um, you know, i tell you, the best news coming out of that was Jalen told me he's going to be enrolling early. So it was kind of one of those, can you be here by 445 today type deals, you yeah. know, for practice. Yeah, I bet they could use them. But, um, hey, that makes all three of your corners. We've been talking to guys over the weekend, trying to get an idea of, um, you know, after they get settled into first few weeks of school, I think it's a good time to see who's – who's trying to enroll early, and all three of those cornerbacks will be. So a little bit of good news there for Arkansas fans concerned about the secondary. uh, Jalen Braxton, R.J. Johnson, and Dallas Young will be on campus in January. So um, that's good news. And then outside of that, you know, I kind of joked with Curtis last week that basketball had more big-time guys on campus for the football game than (laughs) football did. And You know, I'm not making fun of them, but um, uh, as I said on the site last week, uh, it's kind of – that's kind of been their plan. Not that they wouldn't welcome visitors this week at all or turn anybody away or this past week. But um, uh, that Alabama game is so key for them. I think they're they're trying to steer most of the big-time guys for that weekend. That will definitely include most of the committed guys as well as 24s, 25s, and probably some 26s too. But, um, you know, if you're a kid living out of state, maybe you live in Houston or something and you can only make one game a year, are you gonna to go to Missouri State, Arkansas or Alabama, Arkansas? Yeah. So I think there's a lot of that in play too. You and, know, it's it's expensive to get around right now. And the
2: kickoff time is, is a good time for recruits. I know everybody likes a night game, but you also have to think about logistics of getting home and stuff like that yep. for recruits. But with a two twenty game like this one is, which I always thought these were two thirty, but it says two twenty, for a two twenty mm-hmm. game. Uh, that gives you enough time to get from, you know, Dallas or wherever you're coming from uh, sure. without, like, having to get up at the complete crack of dawn or anything. Uh, but it gives you enough time to get on campus. And then afterwards, it gives the coaches enough time to spend some quality time with the recruits like you would have for an 11 o'clock game. The 11 o'clock game is just hard to get them there, you know. And a, a night game, yeah. it's it's hard to keep them around after the game. So, um couple of advantages there. Arkansas can't have any visitors for the Texas A&M game because they are the away team, but it should be a good opportunity for them to get out and see some players in the state of Texas.
4: Yeah, I'm fully expecting that throughout the course of the week. You know, did a, a state check is what I'm calling these things where I just kind of hone in on one state, focus one state at a time each week, and uh, did Texas a couple of weeks ago to try to figure out where Arkansas stands lately. You know, of course, that was a big theme under Chad Morris and just kind of wanted to check and see what the offer total looks like. You know, how many visits are they getting from Texas? And Surprisingly, maybe it's it's because I haven't talked about it enough, but they're actually up a tick, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. They're pacing ahead a little bit from where Coach Morris was in terms of offers and, and this and that. So that's a good thing. They're probably going to be out, uh, I would say. Thursday and Friday this week, so I'm sure they'll be spread out throughout the uh, state of Texas on on Friday night. But uh, yeah, we'll get a list of uh, some potential stops throughout the week for sure.
2: All right, Danny, appreciate you joining us, man. You got it, man. All right, we'll everybody, you. that's Danny West again. Follow him at Danny West two four seven on Twitter. Most of Danny West content is VIP. So if you wanna, if you want somebody to paint the picture of Razorback Athletics for you from a recruiting standpoint and a lot of you know premium content, uh, then you will need a VIP subscription. It's just $1 right now for your first month at HAWGSports.com. So go check us out right there and read Danny's stuff. And if you're moving or if you're disappointed with your internet service or um, – You think there may be something better out there. I can promise you there is. It's called Ozarks Go, and if you are in northwest Arkansas, north of the tunnel, basically, if you get Ozarks Electric, if that's available to you, then you're probably in their coverage area. If you're in eastern Oklahoma, you're probably in their coverage area, but if you want to know or if you want to say, hey, I wish you guys would come to my coverage area, then you can go to OzarksGo.net and at the top right you can see it there'll be a drop down on mobile with the three bars or there's a, a graphic that says check availability and you can check availability there you can see their rates for a uh, hundred megabits per second or a thousand megabits per second up and down which they call gigabit um, but I have had it for over a year I got it just because not before they reached out to me or anything like that I just got it and I'm telling you I've not had a single, I do not think about these guys. I don't think about them. And that's what you want. You want service so good that you don't think about them all. I've never had to unplug my router and plug it back in. I've never had to make a service call or any of that stuff. So go to OzarksGo.net. I'll leave a link down in the description on YouTube. And uh, I'll even post a phone number. Although the best way to to figure it out is just to go to the website. But if you you can't figure that out, then then you can use the phone number. And I'll post that down there too. So. Great service to be a part of and uh, great internet service. And, again, you guys know that I would never endorse something that I did not fully believe in and and fully test out. And I brought a lot of products here just um, because I believe in them, you know. So Ozarks Go is definitely one of those. So go check them out, ozarksgo.net. Where do we want to go from here? The five burning questions? Let's look at those real quick. What type of welcome will Petrino receive? I thought it was an okay reception. Um, definitely more booze, but you know also because you didn't have a lot of people cheering, you know, for him. So the booze kind of stood out. Um, most people said they weren't going to boo him. Sixty-three point four percent. I only saw three people with neck braces on. I don't understand the neck brace thing. It kind of feels like let's make fun of ourselves. Will the Hogs tighten screws in the secondary? These are all Curtis Wilkerson questions. No, they will not. They did not do that. Is it time for Arkansas to air it out? They did that, absolutely. I thought KJ looked really good throwing the ball, throwing the long ball. Had some really nice throws. Uh, There was a couple that, you know, could have been caught. Trey Knox, it's hard to say he dropped one because it was fingertips. It was so close. Um, He had that drop. There was uh, the Landers drop. There was the – not the Landers drop. Excuse me, Landers, you didn't drop anything. Um, The Hazelwood drop, which, you know, wouldn't have converted the down anyway. Uh, Trey Knox dropped the one over the middle that went into uh, Taz Chambers' hands, the linebacker. Um, You had Warren Thompson kind of look away also. So there's – what? Is that four drops? I don't know if I would say the Knox long ball was a drop because that was like right on the fingernails. Although there is a school of thought that says if you can touch it, you can catch it. Can Arkansas keep up steady pass rush? Hell yeah. That's a big hell yeah. I mean, eight sacks. They have not done that since 2012. Well, any new faces shine for the Razorbacks? I mean, I wouldn't say Matt Landers necessarily at this point is a new face, but I feel like, yes, he's starting to shine for the Razorbacks. Um, you know, kind of same with Drew Sanders and Jordan Dominic. Um, maybe you would say Landon Jackson is kind of starting to come into his own a little bit. Aside from anybody else, I don't know that I would say, like, man, this guy, look at this guy came out of nowhere. I don't know if that happened. There wasn't really the opportunity for that because we thought going in that maybe you'd see a good bit of backups. Penalties, not awful, not great. Kind of in the middle a little bit. Turnovers, obviously lost a turnover battle, uh, minus three in that department. Special teams, you got to give Arkansas a big W there uh, with the Bryce Stevens punt return, also made a field goal kicked the ball out of the back of the end zone. Um, I don't think that Arkansas came away with any serious injuries now. Dwight McLuthern missed a good bit of action in the second half with a hamstring. It's not that big of an issue. We're told he's going to be practicing today. He's, he seems like he's going to be fine. Um, sounds like you're going to get some guys back for Texas A&M as well. Jashad Stewart is another guy that was banged up going into the game, and that's kind of a wait and see this week. But it does feel like, you know, secondary is like – a bit of a concern from depth standpoint right now because you've had some injuries. But defensive end, you feel pretty good about that. Oh, this was a good one, number five. This was this was the fifth key to victory. It's always turnovers, penalties, special teams, injuries. All those, those are always four. And then we do another one. And Curtis's fifth one was take control early. Nope, <laughs> didn't do that one. All right. Where do we want to go next? A little bit about Texas A&M, 17-9 winners over Miami. I mean, the Appalachian State loss is embarrassing, but it's also a result of not really showing up, focused, kind of a similar deal with Arkansas did. You know, didn't show up. Arkansas woke up. Texas A&M didn't. Uh, I think they needed to make a change at quarterback. I'm not sure that that was the absolute difference in this one versus if they had stuck with Haynes King. But Max Johnson went 10 of 20 for 140 yards. Max Johnson, who was at uh, LSU previously, uh, 10 of 20 for 140 yards and one touchdown. Uh, A-chain, I believe that's how you say his name, got a lot of speed. Had a a big return for a touchdown. 18 carries for 88 yards. you got to watch this guy. He can really scoot, like – if he gets in the open field, if you miss a tackle on him, he's gone. He's gone. Anais Smith is also another guy that can make you miss and and leave you in the dust too. So, that wide receiver. Is he a wide receiver? I believe so. Also return guy, I believe as well. Um, but anyway, they've got a lot of young players, a lot of highly regarded players. I feel like my early thoughts going into this game, um, if you think it feels kind of evenly matched and, and whatnot, who's got the better quarterback? And Arkansas, I think, wins in that category. I think going in, kind of thought maybe Haynes King could be a really good quarterback for him, uh, but has obviously struggled. And Max Johnson, while good, I'm not. I don't think I think of him more as a game manager type of quarterback. Okay. So, I like Arkansas on this one, at least at this point early in the week. I still got to look in more on Texas A&M. But the reason I like Arkansas a little bit better, I think, um, you know, both of these teams recently had a wake-up call. I get that. But I think it comes down to who would you take at quarterback. And for me, I'm taking KJ. All right, questions? see if we got any good questions. We're gonna get to him quick because we gotta get to practice here in a little bit. KJ, KJ is raising his draft stock. Potentially, yeah. Okay, Coltrim says, Did my man Bobby P get a little soft and choked up on his postgame presser? <laughs> I've seen I've seen Petrino get choked up a little bit before. Jake, you know, Petrino, there's a I think there's a misconception with him in a lot of ways. Like, for me, as a media person, I never had a problem with Bobby Petrino. Never once had a bad run-in with him. Um, every time, and this is something I appreciate too, if he had a noon press conference, he walked through the door at eleven fifty-nine. Every time. And I don't mean like there was one time where he wasn't. You know, he, he was. It was a little late or something. I mean, every single time this dude walked through at the same time, twelve fifty or one fifty-nine or. <laughs> 1159 1159 very punctual guy um, I did never I never had a problem with him I did have a problem with his sports information director who I thought was really just kind of a jerk and I'm glad he was is not at Arkansas anymore I'll leave it at that um, I don't know if he felt like he had to be that so Petrino could be a nice guy or what but all I remember is he was just a jerk so glad I don't have to deal with him every day. appreciate you Kyle Parkinson. <laughs> If you're listening, Kyle Parkinson, the current sports information director, does a good job. Uh, Jake Belk wants to rewind the video. It's, it's streaming live, Jake, so you can go over to YouTube or uh, as soon as it finishes up over here on Facebook, you can, you can watch the whole thing from the beginning. Watching from Kuwait, says uh, Jerry Minot. I don't know if we've had a lot of people from Kuwait. Appreciate you tuning in. Michael Polk says TK did it too, and that is how to get interception. I'm not sure what you're saying. Um. Jonathan Parker says, could the wide receivers not get open, or was KJ just holding the ball too long on some of the passes he had all day on a lot of them? There were like four times where I counted over six seconds that he had. One time I counted eight seconds, and I think he still may have more time. Uh, I don't know if scramble drills, uh, scramble rules take into effect. Like, every receiver has a certain responsibility when the quarterback scrambles, they run a – they, you know, change their route to something else. But if it's just sitting there in the pocket, I don't know if the same rule applies or not, but – all four of those times where I counted at least six seconds for him to throw, he never found an open guy or never completed a pass, I should say. Adrian Jones says interception was not KJ's fault. No, it wasn't. It. Uh, I mean, Trey Knox should have caught that. Over the middle, pops it up into the air, it's intercepted. Did something happen to Hazelwood? Why was he not out in the second half? Um felt like Pittman said something about that, but I, I think he's fine. Why is Dominic Johnson not making the trip? Him and Rocket Sanders would be awesome in the backfield. He'll make the trip this week. He'll play this week, I think. I think we'll see him. I think Rocket Sanders gets is getting used a little bit too much early. You need to pull back a little, on him a little bit. You want to make sure he stays healthy throughout. Adrian Jones says there's once a time where Arkansas would have been able to, wouldn't have been able to come back and win. Yeah, you're absolutely right on that. Landon Montgomery says if Browse move if Browse move on any chance Arkansas and Pittman accept Petrino back, Bobby Petrino is not coming back to the SEC. Hugh Freeze is not coming back to the SEC. Just not happening. Um, I've seen Browse get a lot of negative critiques on play call. The only problem that I have with the only play call I had a problem with with Browse was that fourth and nine. Okay, the other times fumble, you know, drop pass fumble, another fumble. Uh, I think there was another drop pass. Yeah, the Warren Thompson one that didn't convert a third down. Um, Arkansas put up 600 yards of offense. They actually put up 597, but they had 600 at one point. They went to 597 when K.J. Jefferson took a knee to seal the victory in the victory formation, which I don't think necessarily should count against your total yardage, but it does. I guess they got to count it in some kind of way. Um, but I thought Brow- people were being a little overly critical of Kendall Bryle's um, and, again, Sam Pittman credits the players for getting them back in the game. But also, you know, Kendall Brows didn't fumble twice, you know, didn't drop a pass that was intercepted, you know. I don't mean to come down on players. It's not what I'm doing because they obviously willed Arkansas back, and the fans were fantastic talking about will. I mean, the crowd was great. I, I really enjoyed, like, when it gets like that, when, it, you know, you start talking about 106, 107 decibels in Razorback Stadium, I mean – It's beautiful, especially at night. It's really fun to be a part of. Like, I like watching games on TV. Like, I'm not going to go probably to the Auburn game this year because I hate the trip, and the press box is in the worst part of the stadium. They used to have a good press box, and now it's like this awful – eyesore over behind the big screen in, in the end zone like you can't even see a big screen it's it's a for to travel all that way to fly into Atlanta to deal with the car rental people to drive two hours to Auburn and then get the worst seat in the stadium um, I'm not going I'm just I'm not I hate that Auburn did that so I'll probably watch the game at home but otherwise, I always prefer to be there in person. Now, I'm not one of the people I like I like sitting in, you know, a suite, or club seating and stuff too, but I also like sitting about thirty rows up in the middle of the field. That's probably where I would prefer to sit if I wasn't in the press box, which I can't complain about my seat there either. Arkansas Press box is, is nice 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 place to watch a game from. Uh, let's see, what else? Rather be humbled than a loss. a and would have loved 11-point win. I'm going to put that Ozarks Go logo back up there one more time just because we're about to wrap up here. we got to wrap it up. We've gone almost an hour here. I'm just trying to see if there's any. Any good questions here? A lot of people watching from different parts of the country. Appreciate all of you guys watching. Thanks for watching this. Thanks for watching the Walk & Talk also. It blows me away that so many people watch the Walk and & Talk. And um, I don't know. I didn't even think this one was that good. <laughs> Maybe it was because of the game too. But I'll be walking – I'll be in Arlington this week, so we'll be walking around uh, um, the stadium there. Last time I just did it down on the field, but – I don't know. Maybe I'll try to mix it up a little bit in Arlington this time. But it should be a fun game. Always a good atmosphere, I guess. And um, I I know a lot of people, you know, want to get out of there. But the good news is you don't have to go to College Station where everything's khaki and flat. The water's too soft to drink. The water's too soft to wash your hands, I should say. Everybody notice how soft the water is in Bryan College Station? Am I the only one? Anyway. A positive going, going to Jerry World. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining me. Thanks to Danny West for hopping on getting us updated on recruited, recruiting. And uh, Andrew Ellis, of course, for his insight on Razorback football. Uh, you want to follow both of those guys. Their names, Andrew Ellis 247, Danny West 247. Follow them both on Twitter. Andrew Ellis, not enough people are following him. He's got like 2,300 followers. I can't believe a guy that brings that much insight and information uh, doesn't have more followers on Twitter. So be sure to go and follow Andrew Ellis and Danny West. All right, everybody, we're going to be back with you guys on Thursday for the primer. Uh, I believe we'll have Jeff Tarpley over there from the Texas A&M site on 24-7 give us a little insight on the Aggies. And, um, yeah, after that we'll be in AT&T Stadium in Arlington. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us. Thanks to Ozarks Go also for sponsoring this video. Uh, this has been Trey Bitty with Hogsports.com, and we will catch you next time.